Hello everybody. Happy holidays to all of you. I wish you all a nice and safe holiday. Let's hope you have it better than the persons from this episode of Let's Not Meet. Enjoy. Reddit Readings, Episode 47. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Lost in Baltimore and saved by a lie. When I was 19, in the early 90s, my brother and his wife were newly married and living in Baltimore. I was from Maryland, but had not yet spent time in that city. I knew it wasn't totally safe in parts, but I also knew that I was just going straight to my brother and sister-in-law's house, so it would be fine. Until I turned onto the wrong street. This was MLK Boulevard, and back then it was a stretch of abandoned gas stations, sketchy bars, boarded up houses. A few people were walking in the middle of the street drinking out of paper bags. I knew that I had messed up, and instead of freaking out and getting more lost, I pulled into an abandoned gas station. There was a bank of payphones and I parked about 10 feet from them, hopped out and called my brother. He was impatient at first, because he knew the city quite well. But it was my first time driving in it, and I was trying to write down his directions as he gave them to me. Just then something caught my eye, and I looked over at my car. Three men were leaning against it. Two on the passenger side, one against the driver's side front door. They were all staring at me with their arms crossed. I started to silently cry, thankful that I had on sunglasses. My brother heard me sniffling, and said why are you upset? I'm giving you directions. But I couldn't tell him what was going on, as the men were within earshot. I got the rest of the directions, put them in my pocket, and walked to my car. The man leaning against my door reached up, and wiped the tears from one cheek. Then he said, why you crying, baby? Nothing bad has happened yet. Without even thinking about it, I responded, fully sobbing now. I just shot my boyfriend, and I'm in a lot of trouble. The cops are, that's all I got out. The three men had all taken off in separate directions at full sprints, away from me. If I hadn't been gifted with that life from my guardian angels or whomever saved my ass that day, who knows what would have happened. Dudes, I no longer live in Maryland, but let's not meet again. It wasn't a cat. A bit of a preface here, I was around 10 to 11 years old when this happened, old enough to stay home alone, but not old enough to recognize some red flags. I attended camp over the summer, the typical 8-2-3 routine. My house sits close to the end of my street, which forms a U, but for some reason the bus driver would never drop me off at my house. I would always get dropped off at the end of my street, where I would toddle myself along back home. Both my parents worked late hours, sometimes not getting home until 8pm, and it would be very expensive to hire a babysitter for 4-5 hours a day. 
five days a week. So, starting 6th grade, when the bus dropped me off at home I would be by myself. I'd do the usual middle school routine, play games online and watch TV. Occasionally my neighbor's cat would come into my backyard, and I would feed and pet her as a way to get outside. The only computer in the house was in my dad's work room, which has a window overlooking the deck and a window overlooking the side of the house. We have large bay windows in the living room, dining room, and kitchen of my house, and since we sit on a hill, you can pretty much see the entire backyard from a nice vantage point. So most days, when I got home, I'd toss off my backpack and go right to that room, and you could see me walk from my front door and pop up by the computer from outside. Unfortunately, this would lead to something that I had forgotten about up until now. When I got off the bus, I did as expected, go into my dad's workroom, and play computer games. About 30 minutes into this, I can hear faint meowing coming from the outside window. I pause the game and look outside, thinking maybe my neighbor's cat had wandered over. Nothing. I just sat back down and resumed playing, only to hear the meowing again. It was quiet, but noticeable, and so I checked the other window. Nothing again. This routine happened for a good 10 minutes, and eventually I got frustrated, and went into the living room to watch TV. Not even 2 minutes later, meowing from the window I was sitting right beside. Now I was confused, and a little creeped out, so I shut the blinds, and kept trying to watch TV. The meows continued, but only when they came from the window right behind me did I jump, and leave the living room, officially skeeved. I went into my bedroom, where the blinds were down but still cracked for some sunlight. I tried to read a book, only to hear a meow come from outside my bedroom window. This was enough to make me call my dad, concerned that maybe the cat was hurt, but I couldn't see it to be sure. He said he would have the neighbor come check it out, and call me back later. 10 minutes go by, and I get a call from my dad saying he was coming home from work. Nothing urgent in his voice, just that his job had gotten cancelled, and he could come home early. I thought nothing of it, and when he got home did I realize the cat noises had stopped. Fast forward to the present, and I asked my dad about the strange incident, thinking it was funny the cat had followed me around. What he told me next made my blood run cold. After I called him, my neighbor did indeed come to check on the house. What he found were large footprints, leading in circles all around the house, clustered close to the walls, so that even if I looked outside, I wouldn't see anything. Someone had been stalking me through my house, seeing where I was through the windows, and making cat noises, to try and get me to come outside. They must have known I was home alone, since it was easy to see me walk by myself down the street, and let myself in. My neighbor immediately called my dad and searched the property, but found no one. The police weren't called, since there was nothing but footprints that led off into the woods and got lost, and I never saw anyone. My dad stayed home with me for the rest of the week. It sickens me to know that there are people who would use these tactics to try and lure kids out of their homes, and from there, do whatever they wanted with them. My Uber driver harassed employees at the store I work at just to get in contact with me for hours. I don't have a car, so Uber or Lyft is my main mode of transportation to get to work. This morning, I requested an Uber a half hour before I had to be there, and the pickup was supposed to take less than 5 minutes, but for some reason my Uber driver kept going in circles. 
he ended up calling me asking for directions, and I was telling him exactly where he needed to go, and so was the GPS in the background. At that point I was irritated and asked if there was a way he could cancel, because I was going to be late. He said he couldn't, and ended up finding his way to my apartment at the time I was supposed to be at work. He kept apologizing, and I would mumble it's fine, I just need to get there. He ended up taking me to another store that was on the way and asked this is it, right? It took all of me not to just blow up. I calmly gave him the directions to the actual store I work at and just told him to please listen to the GPS. We finally get to my job and I'm nearly 20 minutes late and as soon as he parked I muttered thanks, got out and bolted to the office to clock in. An hour or so into my shift, one of my managers came up to me to tell me that my Uber driver has been harassing the people in the front of the store, trying to get a hold of me slash my manager to take fault for me being late slash apologize to me. You need a membership to shop there, so he kept getting kicked out. He tried 4 to 5 separate times to come in. Another hour goes by and a different manager approached me to let me know that the Uber driver had resorted to blowing up the store's phone begging to speak to me. She had asked me to not leave alone and be on the lookout in case he came back. I contacted Uber support multiple times to let them know and you wanna know what they did about it? They gave me a $3 credit. I made sure to give him a 1 star so I wouldn't get him as a driver again but it's just scary to think that he knows where I work and live. Saved by a spam call. Until recently, I, 22 female, was doing door-to-door -door election work, getting people registered to vote etc. and had to quit because I was made acutely aware of how easily I could end up in a very dangerous situation. At my job, we all got driven out in a van to different areas and dropped off alone for about 8 hours until we got picked back up. We each had an iPad with a list of addresses and the names of people living at those addresses as well as their age and gender, so we generally had an okay idea of whether or not the person who answered the door was the person we were looking for. Quite often, though, a family member would answer the door and then go and get the person I was trying to speak with, so having a random person answer the door wasn't unusual at all. It was also an unusually cold day and was around 8pm, so it was already dark. So, when a guy in his mid to late 20s asked me to step inside for a moment while he got his father, who was the person I was looking for, I felt a little uneasy but didn't want to be rude, especially since he asked me if I needed a water bottle or anything. After I stepped inside, though, he closed the door, saying he didn't want to let the heat out, and then said he was going to go get his father from the kitchen. While I was waiting for them to come back, I stepped further in, away from the door, so that I could pet his dog, who was very friendly. All of a sudden I realized the guy was behind me, in between me and the door, because I had walked forward towards the dog, and there was a hallway running perpendicular to the direction of the front room that ended close to the front door, if that makes sense. This guy then told me that he had been mistaken, and his dad actually wasn't at home. I honestly think my brain froze for a couple minutes because I just stood there, staring at him and unable to understand what was happening. The guy then started asking very personal questions in the way he was talking and his body language was much more intimidating and brazen than it had been before. I'm 5 feet 8 inches and around 120 so not tiny, but this was a big fucking guy. 
in the middle of him talking about how it's dangerous for a nice girl like you to be out by myself at night and how I should really be more careful, my phone rang. I didn't recognize the number, but answered anyway, and pretended like I knew who it was, and that they worked with me. It was a telemarketer, and I have honestly never been happier to get a call from anyone. As I was on the phone I mentioned the address I was at, and thanked them for being on their way. The guy tried to laugh it off, and even told me to remember what we said about staying safe out there, but I honestly think I would have been attacked if I hadn't gotten that spam call. The scariest thing to me was realizing later that he probably pretended to go look for his father out of my line of sight so that he could get a weapon or something, because otherwise why not just grab me as soon as I stupidly stepped inside? I think someone is stalking me at work. I work at a large crafting store in California and have been there for a year and 8 months now. A little background before I explain what's been going on is needed. So last year we hired a guy we will name Hayden. Hayden was a little quiet on the first day, but quickly became more talkative, and over the next couple of weeks started to never stop talking. He would constantly say weird shit. For instance, one day he was put in charge of building furniture, our store carries stuff like furniture and home decor as well. He was apparently having difficulty assembling the table he was working on, and said something about cutting his wrists, if he can't figure out how to put it together. Another time we were both working in the stockroom, and he kept talking about how much he looked like the Parkland shooter Nicholas Cross, I'll admit he did in fact look like that kid, which was creepy. I remember one day I had gotten off work and was waiting for my ride to pick me up when out of nowhere Hayden walked up behind me. He just stood there with an awkward smile on his face and I politely asked him, what's up? He said something to the effect of, oh nothing much, just enjoying my lunch break. I'm thinking about going inside Taco Bell, right across the parking lot from our work and shanking someone. He pretty much laughed and said he was joking after saying that. When my wife picked me up we saw him walking toward the Taco Bell and just flashed us this creepy ass ear to ear smile. So the last straw for me was when he and I were assigned to work our spring freight and get it loaded up on a large U boat. Our shift started at 7am and was over at noon. It was 11 o'clock and we still hadn't finished our task because Hayden just wouldn't stop goofing around. He would also work very slowly on purpose and would only take one item to the U-boat at once. Our boss came to where we were working and was upset that we weren't done yet. He told us we would both get written up if the job wasn't finished before we were off. I was pissed off at this point and Hayden knew it. He seemed to feel bad for pretty much getting me in trouble and apologized. He then said something that really concerned me. He said in the most serious tone I had ever heard him speak in since meeting him, if I get fired I'll shoot this place up. He went on to say that knew where all the emergency exits are and would first shoot all the cashiers and then move on to the other employees in the store. I'll admit that I didn't immediately report what he said, but it did have me on edge and I kept thinking about what if. After some convincing from my wife I finally did the right thing and informed my manager. They took a written report from me and contacted the police. After two more days of working with Hayden he was fired and subsequently arrested for his threats. The week after he got arrested, my boss held a meeting with the entire staff and told everyone what happened. After everyone left the meeting he pulled me aside and revealed to me what the police and Hayden talked about during the interrogation. 
I don't completely remember what was said, but Hayden apparently admitted that he said what he said and kept asking if I had been the one who reported him. Fast forward to a few weeks ago I was working at the same store, still am, and I was heading to the break room for my final break when I heard a voice from one of the aisles to the left. A man was standing next to the paint case and asked if I could get him some paint. While I was opening the case he addressed me by name which I immediately thought was weird because I wasn't wearing my name tag on this particular day. Out of curiosity I asked him how he knew my name and he said it was just a lucky guess to which I thought was BS mainly because his tone of voice seemed sarcastic. The entire time I was getting his paint he was staring at me with a smirk on his face. He then began to ask me questions about my name, which is the same name of a popular TV show character. He asked what year I was born, why my parents decided to give me that name etc. At this point I started to walk away, and as I had other things to do, and the whole time I was walking away he was still trying to talk to me, I heard him yelling my name from three aisles down. I went and stood in the warehouse until I thought he was gone. Later that same day one of my co-workers asked me if I knew the guy who was buying the paint and I told her I didn't. She told me that he had approached her and asked her all kinds of questions about me like if I'm a good worker and if she likes me as a co-worker. This is an ongoing issue too as he's come in the store two other times one being yesterday during my day off and apparently asked where I was. I don't know for sure, but I suspect that this guy might be cousins with Hayden as they sort of look alike and have similar mannerisms. Both look similar to the Parkland shooter and have that same creepy vibe. This might not be the scariest thing on here, but it's still freaky. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Vacation in Paris, human trafficking. The whole thing unfolded today, cops were involved, I almost had a panic attack, it was a whole mess. So, I'm on a trip backpacking around Europe with my brother, currently in Paris. We are staying at this hostel, and we're in a 10 bunk bedroom. There was this one guy in the room, who was immediately super weird. Almost right away, like as soon as we got settled, he starts talking to us about flying to Libya. He's all, us, Libya, fly tomorrow, and me and my brother are just like, no dude. He keeps saying it, we keep saying no, and he's getting progressively more assertive about it. As me and my brother are going around doing sightseeing and stuff, I keep seeing this dude around. When we are at the hostel, he kept following us to the dining hall, out onto the terrace, and I'm getting more creeped out. My brother, ever than an assertive soul he is, just laughs it off like the dude is joking. This goes on for two days. Well, this morning, we were going out to breakfast, and I forgot my phone back in the room, so I told my brother to just go ahead, and I ran back to get it. I go in the room and the dude is sitting there. There's no one else in the room and I honestly contemplated just leaving it. But I didn't trust it alone in the room, so I planned to just grab it quickly. That morning he was still on about Libya, and was essentially bending over our beds going on about it, despite me repeatedly telling him to stop talking to us. 
I go in and grab my phone when he suddenly just yells, Libya. Now now now, we go now. I'm very scared, since at this point we are the only ones in the room and I just say, fuck off dude, and I go to leave when he blocks the door and grabs my shoulder, still going on about going to the airport and flying to Libya. I shove past him and run away to where my brother and I were going to breakfast. I decided that we were going to switch rooms because this dude was officially creep level 100. We make it back to the hostel and before we talk to the front desk, we went outside for a smoke and he shows up. I almost yell at him to leave us alone and he flat out says no. I go to the front desk and explain that this dude has been harassing us and we wanted to change rooms. I mention what went down in the room and before I knew it, the cops were called and I was giving a statement. As they were sorting it out, there were a couple things that jumped out at me. This guy didn't pay in advance. Normally, when you're staying in a hostel you pay the full amount up front, or if you're staying for a while, you pay weekly. He was paying by the day. He had several pieces of ID in his wallet, none of which matched his description. Apparently, Paris has been having a problem with human trafficking. This guy was escorted out of the hostel by police. He was banned from staying there again ever. Me and my brother switched rooms and we were given vouchers for free dinners for the rest of our stay here. And now, I'm terrified to go out by myself. I swear, if me and that guy had been alone in a more secluded place that didn't have cameras everywhere, I could have been shipped off to Libya. So, creepy guy from the Paris hostel, let's not meet. New Year's Eve, 1999. When I was 13, the dawning of a new millennium took place on New Year's Eve. While people were fearing the worst with the Y2K bug, or out partying and drinking, I was home alone. In 1996 my parents had split up, and from there they divorced, and my mother and I moved across the country from Oregon to Tennessee with her best friend. On the eve of the year 2000 I was home alone, and my mother was currently out of state. Now this didn't worry me, as this was not the first time. I often came home to find a note on the kitchen counter saying they had gone to Florida for a few days and that there were groceries in the fridge. Since the divorce she was regularly leaving me alone for long periods of time to go to Florida. We lived on a relatively quiet road surrounded by trees and set a few miles out of town, and I knew most of the people, if not by name, then by face enough to wave and small chat with, and had never before been given a reason to be afraid of being alone. On the night in question I was staying up late watching television. I remember I was watching the movie His Bodyguard on USA Channel and had most of the lights on in the house. Not because I was afraid, but because at 13, I wasn't concerned with electricity bills or saving the environment. I felt completely safe and protected within my little bubble of home. As I was watching the movie, I kept hearing these weird sounds outside, but I remember thinking it was probably the neighbors. Though they weren't extremely close, a couple of them were having a party slash people over for the holiday. About halfway into the movie however, the power in the house suddenly went dead. I sat on the couch for a minute, just sort of in a panic daze, because it was near midnight and pitch black. I remember thinking the power must have gone out, and that it would come back on, so I just decided to sit on the couch with my blanket and wait. A few minutes passed by, when I heard a noise in the kitchen, where the back door is. My heart started racing in my chest, because I thought it sounded like the back door being shut. 
The back door sits just off the dining room, which is connected to the kitchen, which leads directly into the living room, where I was currently sitting on the couch. A few seconds passed after I had heard the sound, and I was straining my ears to pick up anything that wasn't supposed to be there. Every noise suddenly felt magnified. When footsteps sounded on the floor I immediately slivered off the couch onto all fours, crawled around the ottoman, and started as slowly and as quietly as I could make my way toward the space between the love seat and the couch. I knew I could fit under the side table and be completely hidden by the dark and the ottoman. From playing hiding go seek in the dark many many times with my friends during sleepovers. I was nearly there when the footsteps became more apparent. I knew from the sound of them that whoever it was, was making their way through the kitchen now toward the living room. They weren't hurried or anything, it was like they were just moving around in the kitchen. I glanced up from where I was crouched on the floor, and to my horror there was a dark silhouette standing in the archway between the two rooms. To my credit I didn't scream, however I did panic. I stood immediately to my feet from my hiding spot and ran down the hallway, and I believe the only reason I wasn't overcome was because the person chasing me had to get around the ottoman in the dark to follow me. I did what all children do when they are afraid, and I bypassed the front door, the guest bedroom, the bathroom, and ran to the farthest door down the hallway, my room. In all honesty, I probably wouldn't have been able to get the front door unlocked and open in time, as it was right off the side of the couch. When I was 10, I got a bird for my birthday. He was a blue-fronted Amazon, and I named him Boo, because it was October, and close to Halloween. Boo had a large iron cage, it could have been metal, but very large, sturdy, and like 6 feet tall, and it was kept in my room, despite the fact that Boo, like me, pretty much had the run of the house whenever he wanted. This information will become relevant later in the story. As I ran into the room, I slammed the door shut and locked it, however the lock was simply one of those little turn knobs that you can easily pop with a butter knife. I had barely gotten the door shut and locked when the person on the other side knocked on it. I have no idea why they knocked, if they did it to mock me or to scare me, but I knew in my heart that my little lock was not going to keep whoever it was on the other side out of my room. It didn't keep my mother out when we were arguing and it wouldn't stand up to brute force. I was panicking, on the verge of tears when the person started laughing. It was low, quiet, and because of that it was even more frightening. It wasn't like manic laughter, but as if they were genuinely amused. It was the laughter that really frightened me, and I started heavily, hysterically crying and looking around my room to figure out what I could do. That was when I realized Boo's cage would fit almost perfectly between the door and the wall of my closet. The cage moved quietly on my carpeted floor, but as I pushed it into place, it scraped against the door and alerted whoever it was on the other side that I was trying to barricade myself in, because suddenly they threw themselves at my door, and you could hear the sound of the wood splintering, and the door handle being twisted violently. Boo, who had been stirred by the movement awake, began literally screaming and flapping his wings. I might have screamed with him, but honestly, I don't remember screaming, I just remember being extremely scared. Terrified, I crawled under my bed slash couch, a bunk bed with a futon on the bottom, metal, and waited. Several minutes passed, and the person eventually stopped attacking my door. Boo continued screaming, even after he had stopped. Though being under my bed gave me no feelings of being secure, I didn't come out from under it, because I simply had nowhere else to go. 
I thought about trying to go out the window, but I was afraid he might expect it and therefore be waiting for me on the other side, and it was also several feet off the ground, as the house was built on a raised foundation. I remember laying under my bed, terrified, for what felt like hours. I must have fallen asleep, because I woke the next morning to daylight. The fear of what happened came back to me as soon as I registered where I was and why and scared that whoever had been in my house might still be there. I decided to crawl out the window and run to a neighbor since it was daylight outside and therefore I felt less afraid. Crawling out a window is a lot harder than it looks and I did it less than gracefully as I was not and still am not the most coordinated human being. Once I was back on my feet however, I carefully made my way around the house, and that's when I noticed that the back door was wide open. Scared, but feeling braver, now that I was outside, and that it was morning instead of a pitch black night, I walked up the back steps and peered inside. Seeing nothing out of the ordinary, no terrifying man leering at me, basically, I decided to go inside. Looking back, I cringe on how stupid this could have turned out, and that I wish I could have told my younger self to make the smarter move and just go get help, but thankfully, no one was inside the house. I did a terrifying, heart-pounding room-to-room check, looking in closets and under beds, behind the couch, anywhere I thought even a small child might be able to fit. I even popped the lock on my mom's bedroom, so I could check it, and then re-locked it afterwards. When I was positive there was no one there, I went back to lock the back door, I had left it open in case I needed to escape, and noticed that the breaker box on the opposite wall was open. The mains which had been pulled. I flipped it back on, locked both locks on the back door, checked all the windows and front door, and then called my mom, where I once again broke down crying hysterically. She called a co-worker, who came and stayed the entire day with me as they drove back. My mom still took random trips to Florida after that, but I always went with her from then on forward. So terrifying, laughing crazy person that broke into my house on New Year's Eve. Please let's never meet again. I sincerely hope no other young girl had to meet you either. I don't know if you were just some drunk visitor of a neighbor, but you terrorized me that night. I was afraid of being alone when my mom was working, and to this day, I still get scared when I'm home alone. Overthink what I would do if someone came inside and where I would hide. When my cats make noise out of nowhere, I immediately investigate for fear it's someone trying to get in. Thank you for listening to Reddit Readings. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and leaving a rating. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. 
In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.